بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته ومن تبعهم ومن تبعهم بإحسان وبعد. So today I wanted to read from the كشف المحجوب again, um, the eighth chapter with regards to the imams of tasawwuf that come from the Ahlul Bayt from the family of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And whether a person knows it or doesn't or understands it or doesn't, the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who we are commanded to respect and love and honor uh, because of our love and respect of honor of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who we love and respect and honor because of the love and respect and honor of Allah ta'ala, the, that Allah ta'ala who made Jannah haram on anyone who says, uh, other than Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not just from this ummah, but from the time of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, including all of the anbiya alayhi salatu salam, and including uh, all of their followers until the yawm al-qiyamah. Um, that Allah ta'ala who commanded us to respect him, commanded us to respect his family as well for his sake. Uh, may Allah ta'ala be pleased with them. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. And, uh, you know, this doesn't mean uh, any excess in which we say, well, uh, because of this, everything that someone from the Messenger of Allah Wasallam's family does is halal or good or that, you know, they have to be our political leaders or they have to, uh, you know, lead the prayer every single time or that everyone else in Islam is a second class citizen other than them. This is not what that's about. Rather, the love of the family of the Prophet ﷺ is cherishing him in them. That they are a living piece of of the Rasul ﷺ who's still with us. And a living reminder of of him with us. And when someone reminds you of someone you love, you love them. Uh, and this is why Sayyidina Umar ﷺ, who during a drought in his time, he commanded the... He commanded the... Uh, the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go out into the desert and pray the drought prayer. And he stood Sayyidina Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu in front of the, the, the congregation and he called on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Despite by the consensus of the ulama of Aqidah, he stood say, have, that he has that Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu has a higher maqam in this ummah than Sayyidina Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu who accepted Islam on the day of the fatah. And was the last of the Muhajireen. Sayyidina Umar ta'ala anhu asked Allah, Ya Allah, this is the closest relative of your Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for his sake and through him for the sake of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Have mercy on your creation and bring down the rains. And uh, far from being just a token of barakah, the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, along with the immense barakah and blessings that they have with them, uh, also Allah Ta'ala opened their hearts to carry the, the ulum, the knowledge, both inwardly and outwardly of the deen, both in the law and in uh, spiritual matters, to the point that many of our great ulama in the past and present are are from the Ahlul Bayt of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And their lineage amongst us is a source of blessings and it's a source of of of, of, of honor from Allah Ta'ala to us. And it wards off many calamities and many uh, difficulties and it opens many doors for good and khair, both worldly and otherworldly. So it's important to understand what the value of them is and what their imama or their, uh, their, their leadership and their high rank amongst the Muslims, uh, is both in terms of the, 
uh, both in terms of the, the, the matters that are spiritual as well as the, the matters that are, uh, uh worldly with regards to the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidina Hassan bin Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Abu Abdullah al-Hassan. He was profoundly versed in Sufism. He said by the way of precept, see that you guard your hearts for God knows your secret thoughts. Quote unquote, guarding the heart consists not in turning to others than Allah Ta'ala, consists in not turning to other than Allah Ta'ala and in keeping one's secret thoughts from disobedience to the Almighty. When the Qadariya got the upper hand and the doctrine of rationalism became widely spread, Hassan al-Basri wrote to Hassan bin Ali radiallahu anhu, begging for guidance and asking him to state his opinion on the perplexing, on the perplexing subject of predestination and on the dispute whether men have any power to act or istita'a, meaning whether men create their own actions or does God create people's actions. So this is a, this is a early controversy, uh, or shall we say, uh, heresy, which uh, came up in the uh, generation of the Tabi'een, um, the people of Jabar and Qadar were two groups of Mubtadi'a, two groups of impious and reprehensible innovation. The group of Jabar were the Jabariya. They said that every action is so completely created by Allah Ta'ala that there's no use in you trying. If you're written for the fire, you're going to the fire and, and there's no use in trying. And if you're written for Jannah, you're going to Jannah anyway. So there's no use in trying. And the, the heretical sect of the Qadariya said, no, you create your own actions independently. Allah is not the creator of your own actions. And, uh, you know, you can listen to the Aqidah Tahawiyah lecture series in great detail if you want to have a big outlaid uh, explanation for this. Um, this may not be the time for it, uh, and we may not have time for it now, even if we wish to, to discuss it. But uh, suffice to say, Rasulullah wasallam warned the people of the Ummah not to delve into this issue too deeply. Why? Because in it is a secret of how does the creation work? The question asks, how is it that Allah creates people's actions and has power over them, but still asks them for their account and keeps them responsible for those actions? And um, the, the Prophet ﷺ, his maslak was essentially what the Qur'an says, لا يسألوا عما يفعلوا وهم يسألون that, that Allah Ta'ala is not to be asked why he does what he does or how why he does how, what he does, how he does it, uh, even though he has the right to ask every one of the creation. Uh, so we know from the text of the Qur'an that Allah does what he wants and we, we know that he has the right to ask people about it. Um, and these hair-splitting controversies with regards to creed, um, he did not permit the uh, all and sundry of the ummah to engage in them. So the the Qadariya, uh, who uh, essentially uh, um, include the Mu'tazila, uh, and the Mu'tazila are a group of deviants that will start to boycott the the, the majlis of Al Hasan Al Basri in Basra. Um, the Qadariya they get the upper hand in Basra and they spread and they they ride a very high wave in Iraq until the ulama of the Sunnah will refute them uh, very completely. People like uh, uh, people like Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, people like Imam Ghazali, people like Imam Abu Hassan al Ash'ari, rahimahumullah wa taala, uh, and many others after them. 
so when this controversy this controversy first starts uh, showing its uh, uh, showing itself, uh, Hassan al Basri wrote to Sayyidina Hassan bin Ali, the grandson of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, begging for guidance and asking him to state his opinion on the perplexing subject of predestination and on the dispute whether men have any power to act or not. Hassan bin Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied that in his opinion, those who did not believe in predestination or qadr of men's good and evil actions by God were infidels, they're kuffar, they're, they're, they're out of the fold of Islam. And those who imputed their sins to God were miscreants, meaning fusaq, they were, they were, they were, they were sinners and misguided people. I.e., the qadris, the qadris, they, denied the divine providence and the jabaris impute their sins to God. Hence, men are free to acquire their actions according to the power given them by God. And thus, our religion takes the middle course between complete free will in creating one's own deeds and hard predestination in consigning the consequences of one's deeds completely to Allah Ta'ala. The Shaykh uh, Ali Hajwari rahimahullah ta'ala says, I have read in the anecdotes that when Hassan bin Ali was seated at the door of his house in Kufa, a Bedouin came to him and reviled him and his father and his mother. A'udhu billah. Uh, Al-Hassan, and who is his mother? His mother, Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, the daughter of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the one he said about uh, about uh, whom Fatimatu bid'atu minni or bid'atu jasadi, wa kama qala alayhi salatu wasalam, that Fatima is like a part of me. So a'udhu billah that someone would revile her. So a Bedouin came to, uh, came up and reviled him and his father and his mother. A'udhu billah. Al-Hassan, stood up and said, O Bedouin, perhaps you are hungry or thirsty. What ails you? The Bedouin took no heed but continued to abuse him. Al-Hassan ordered his slave to bring a purse of silver and gave it to the fellow, saying, O Bedouin, excuse me, for there is nothing else in the house. Had there been more, I should not have grudged it to you. Upon hearing this, the Bedouin exclaimed, I bear witness that you are the grandson of the Messenger of Allah Ta'ala. I came here to make a trial of your mildness. Such are the true saints and shaykhs who care not whether they are praised or blamed and listen calmly to abuse. Allah Ta'ala, uh, give that coolness inside of our hearts that we can uh, tolerate what people say uh, uh, by by not being affected by their praise or by their blame uh, so much that it changes us inside. It's a sign of true faith. Allah Ta'ala be pleased with them. They say that Sayyidina Al-Hasan Allah Ta'ala who was so generous that he had a government stipend that was affixed to him and he would spend it all uh, uh, very quickly, uh, just giving it away to people. And he would then live for the rest of the for the rest of the year on meager means, sometimes having to take loans to get by uh, until the next stipend came. Then he would pay his loans off, and then very quickly he would deplete all of his all of his uh, money just because of the, the sheer amount of generosity he had. Uh, it, our, our own Shaykh al-Hadith of our uh, madrasa, uh, Mulana Sayyid Mahmoud Mia, Allah Ta'ala, give him a long life and protect him and give him tawfiq in his work and, and give uh, him tawfiq in his service to the Jamia Madaniya that we studied. And he said the founder of Jamia Madaniya, his father Sayyid Hamid Mia, the youngest of the Khulafa of Hazrat Mulana Hussein Ahmed Madani, also a Sayyid, uh, both of them Sayyids. Uh, he said that his father was such a generous man. Um, his father was such a generous man that everyone would come and cry to him. I'm in debt. I need this. My daughter needs to get married. I have to pay my medical bills, blah, blah, blah. And he would, his heart would break and he would go and borrow money from people because he was a respected man. He would borrow money to, from people and give them the money and not know how he's going to pay it back. 
And he said that he had a huge uh, thousand bead tasbih, that sibha, uh, misbaha, that he would wrap around his body and he would walk back and forth in the courtyard making dhikr uh, and asking Allah Ta'ala to open a way for him to pay the debts back. Uh, and that's how he would get by. And Allah Ta'ala would, you know, send someone who would send some money from here, from there, and he would pay, pay it back. Um, but that's a superhuman type of generosity. If one of us were to do, it would impugn our deen. Uh, but this is a barakat. I've noticed this from the people of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet wasallam. that whoever wants to accuse them of whatever they want to accuse them, no one can ever accuse them of, of, of not being generous. They're the most generous of people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, give this ummah and give, give, give this ummah from their generosity and give them much more in return in this world and the hereafter. Sayyidina Hussein bin Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He is the martyr of Karbala. Sorry, Abu, uh, uh, Sayyidina al-Hassan uh, is Abu Muhammad al-Hassan and Abu Abdullah al-Hussein. Abu Abdullah al-Hussein, he is the martyr of Karbala. And all the Sufis agreed that he was right. He is the martyr of Karbala and all the Sufis are agreed that he was in the right. And so you'll see uh, some historians and uh, some some muhaddithun and fuqaha, they'll kind of waffle a little bit. I don't want to disrespect them, but they'll kind of waffle a little bit about, you know, Sayyidina al-Husayn. You'll find every now and then someone who disagrees with him or tries to shift blame equally or, or, or partially. Uh, but from the Sufis, from 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 the the the, the people of Dhikr and the people of Tariqa, uh, you will not find to a man you will not find one of them that except for he. Uh, he says that Sayyidina Hussein radiAllahu Taala Anhu is in the right, and uh, there is a great lesson in it. If the 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 pious and the uh, uh, the the spiritual uh, masters and the spiritual uh, uh, um, the, the the spiritual leaders of this Ummah. Uh, they have such a strong affinity toward him. There's, there's a great, there's a great uh, ishara in it for people not to indulge in, in uh, any sort of like uh, historical revisionism or whatever uh, with regards to the, 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 the tragedies that befell the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because the mashaykh of the tariqah to a man, every single one of them uh, uh, agreed that he was in the right. So long as the truth was imper- apparent, he followed it. But when it was lost, he drew the sword and never rested until he sacrificed his dear life for God's sake. As long as the truth was apparent. Apparent not in that he knew what the truth was or didn't know. He knew what the truth was. Rather, apparent as in zahir, as in it was, uh, 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 it had power over its enemies, meaning the people of the truth were in, in power. Uh, as long as the truth was apparent, he followed it. But when it was lost, he drew his sword and never rested until he sacrificed his dear life for God's sake. And this is something that happened, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it comes in the athar that he was shown the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu in a vision and the place where he would be martyred and he wept for his martyrdom. And this is one of the most shameful chapters in the history of the ummah of the, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that, that he, uh, uh, that, that, that he, he was, he was killed like that treacherously, uh, by the people who said la ilaha illallah. And, um, it's something that traumatizes the ummah to this day. And uh, Alama Ibn Taymiyyah, who's a great lover of the Prophet wasallam and a great lover of his family. Uh, and people don't know about that. 
because they they uh, they 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 involve themselves so heavily in his controversial fiqhi and aqidah opinions, but they never they never know that that if you look in the fatwa and the fatawa, majmu al fatawa of Ibn Taymiyyah, the fatwa with regards to spending on your family on the tenth of Ashura. Uh, he gives a very long tabsira about what the hikmah of Allah Ta'ala may have been in, in, uh, um, in causing this thing to happen. And the summary, one of the summaries that he, he comes up with is that, that the Hassan and Hussein, because they were so young, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, um, they're so young when Badr happened and, and, and Uhud happened, they were unable to participate in all the major, uh, battles and, and all the major victories that the Muslims scored, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them through difficulty because they say Sayyidina al-Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu was poisoned, uh, um, uh, silently in Medina by the, by the henchmen of Banu Umayyah, uh, and, uh, Sayyidina al-Hussein was, uh, uh, was, was treacherously killed, uh, in the, uh, in the plain of Karbala. He didn't go there to fight against Banu Umayyah. They killed him treacherously, uh, and in a dishonorable way. Uh, 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 that, that the reason the hikmah of Allah Ta'ala in those things happening is so that they go through all this difficulty so Allah Ta'ala can raise their rank so it's e- equivalent with that of the other companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Jannah uh, because they are his beloved grandsons and he, the, that he wanted them to be uh, close to him uh, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in, in this world and the hereafter. I say that the fact that the family of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam endured so much disrespect and harm from the uh, ummah of, uh, of, of, of Islam uh, and from the miscreants of the ummah of la ilaha illallah that those people will still go to Jannah but they still give such a hard time to the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I say that the fact that they even stayed in Islam uh, uh, despite all of that difficulty and they have so much love for la ilaha illallah and that Islam's word should be made supremely takuna kalimatullahi hil ulya that to this day uh, uh, the people the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam are and through history they are the flag bearers and the standard bearers of Islam in, 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 in knowledge and in piety and in dhikr and tasawwuf and jihad fi sabilillah and in serving, uh, the, the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I say the fact that they're even still Muslims, much less, uh, so, uh, avid in their support for the deen, that this is not, nothing else except for a sign of the truth of the message of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that in his family, uh, is imbibed such a, a love for Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that their spiritual power is so great that they can take these and drink these tragedies inside of them and suppress them and their love for Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his deen are so much that they uh, that they're able to still go on and still be excited about the deen and still do so much more for the sake of Allah the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam distinguished Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhu by many tokens of favor thus Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that one day he saw the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam crawling on his knees while Hussein rode on his back holding onto a string uh, on the other end of which was the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam's mouth Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu said what an excellent uh, 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 what an excellent ride you have o Abu Abdullah and the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied what an excellent rider he is ya Umar Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was praising the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was praising Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu. It is recorded that Sayyidina al-Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, your religion is the kindest of brethren toward you because a man's salvation consists in following religion and his perdition uh, uh, lies in disobeying it. Ali bin Hussein bin Ali called Zain al-Abidin. 
the son of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He said that the most blessed man in this world and in the next is he who when he is pleased is not led by his pleasure into wrong and when he is angry is not carried by his angers beyond the bounds of the right. This is the character of those who have attained perfect rectitude. Kamale mustaqiman, the people who have attained perfect istiqama, perfect rectitude. Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to call him Ali the Younger, Ali al-Asghar. When Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu and his children were killed at Karbala, there was none left except for Ali Zain al-Abidin to take care of the women, and he was ill. The other thing is he was just a child at the time. The men were all massacred at Karbala. Ali Zain al-Abidin was just a child at the time. And he became the, the, the wali of, of, of all of his of the maharim women of the family of the Prophet sallallahu the women were brought unveiled on camels to Yazid bin Muawiyah. And uh, uh, at this point, the author of the Kashful Mahjub uh, utters a curse on, Mu- on, uh, on Yazid. He says, may God curse him, but not his father. Some of our muhaqqiqeen hazrat will probably object to this. But uh, uh, suffice to say that, that uh, uh, the author of the Kash uh, was not a big fan of Yazid at all, uh, even though he's very careful to not allow his anger and hatred for uh, uh, Yazid to uh, 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 dim uh, his respect for uh, Sayyidina Muawiyah, who was a companion of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa But the tahqiqat aside, uh, 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 someone said to Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum, uh, uh, Ali Zain al-Abidin, how are you this morning, O Ali, and members of the House of Mercy? Ali Zain al-Abidin radiallahu anhu rahimahullah ta'ala replied, we are in the same position amongst our people as the people of Moses among Pharaoh's folk who slaughtered their sons and took their women alive. We do not know morning from evening on account of the reality of our affliction. The author, this is a part that, that, uh, 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 Nicholson, he, he kind of abridges, he doesn't translate. He says that the author relates that the well-known story of Hisham bin Abdul Malik, uh, the, the, the Khalifa of uh, Banu Umayyah and his encounter with Ali bin Hussein in Makkah Mukarramah, how the Caliph who desired to kiss the black stone but was unable to reach it, saw the crowd immediately make way for Ali Zain al-Abidin and retire to a respectful distance. How man of Syria asked the Khalifa to tell him the name of this person who was held in such great veneration, and how Hisham feigned ignorance for fear that his partisans should be shaken in allegiance to himself, and how the poet Farazdaq stepped forward and recited in the in splendid ikaminum, uh, sorry ikamium uh, beginning. Uh, 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 this is he whose footprint is known to the valley of Mecca, he whom the temple knows and the unhallowed territory and the holy ground. This is the son of the best of all the servants of God. This is the pious, the elect, the pure and the eminent. So Nicholson writes that, uh, 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 Nicholson writes that 25 verses of poetry are, are mentioned and he doesn't translate all of them. Uh, miskina, what would he know the joy of, of, of the, the wasf of the, the righteous? Uh, uh, he, he, uh, says that Hisham was enraged. Uh, Hisham, the, uh, the Khalifa Hisham bin Abdul Malik was enraged and threw Farazdaq into prison. Ali sent to him a purse containing 12,000 dirhams. 
uh, but the poet returned it with the message that he had uh, uttered, uttered many lies in the panegyrics, uh, uh, meaning those poetry, that poetry he said in praise of princes and governors, which he was accustomed to compose for money, and that he had addressed the verses to Ali as a expiation for his sins in that respect, and as a proof for his af- uh, affection toward the house of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the poet Farazdaq, uh, uh, when the Khalifa feigned ignorance, not knowing who Ali Zain al-Abidin is, trying to, through that ignorance, show that, oh, this is, person is not that important because I don't know him. The poet Farazdaq stood forward and he uttered 25 verses in praise of Ali Zain al-Abidin, which got him thrown into jail. And when uh, uh, Ali Zain al-Abidin heard about that, he sent him a purse with 12,000 dirhams. And the the poet returned it and said that the reason I said these uh, verses in your praise uh, uh, is I knew that that this would be uh, difficult, politically harmful for me. But I said them because I spent so much of my life composing hollow poetry in praise of the profligate princes and 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 wealthy uh, and governors. And I wanted to say a word of praise in truth for the awliya of Allah Ta'ala in order to make up for my sins. Uh, Ali, however, uh, begged to be excused from being taken back whatever he had given. Uh, uh, and Farazdaq at last consented to receive the money. So there again you see the uh, the generosity of of the, the imams of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Abu Ja'far Muhammad bin Ali uh, bin al-Hussein uh, al-Baqir. So his, this is the son of Ali Zain al-Abidin, uh, the uh, Sheikh Muhammad bin Muhammad al-Baqir. Some say that uh, his nickname uh, or name of honor, uh, his kunya was Abu Abdullah. His nickname was al-Baqir, the one who rips things apart. He was distinguished for his knowledge of the abstruse sciences and his subtle indications as to the meaning of the Qur'an, his subtle tafasir of the Qur'an. It is related that on one occasion a king wished to destroy him. A king that wished to destroy him summoned him to his presence. When Al-Baqir rahimahullah ta'ala appeared, the king begged his pardon and bestowed gifts upon him and dismissed him courteously. On being asked why he had acted in this manner, the king replied, When he came in, I saw two lions, one on his right hand and one on his left, who threatened to destroy me, should I attempt to do him any harm. And his explanation of the verse, Whosoever believes in Tahut, uh, whosoever believes in, uh, dis- uh, believes in Tahut and disbelieves in Allah. Baqir said, Anything that diverts you from the contemplation of the truth is Tahut. One of his intimate friends relates that when a portion of the night had passed, Al-Baqir had finished his litanies and his, his zikr, and he used to cry aloud to God, O oh my God and O oh my Lord, night has come, and the power of monarchs has ceased, and the stars are shining in the sky, and all mankind are asleep and silent, and Banu Umayyah have gone to rest and shut their doors and set guards to watch over them, and those who desired anything from them have forgotten their business. O oh Allah, you are the living, the lasting, the seeing, and the knowing. Sleep and slumber cannot overtake you. He who does not acknowledge that you are such as I have described is unworthy of your bounty. O oh, you whom no thing withholds from any other thing, whose eternity is not impaired by day and night, uh, whose doors of mercy are open to all who call upon you, and whose entire treasures are lavished on those who praise you, you do not ever turn away a beggar, nor any creature in the earth or in the heaven can prevent the true believer who implores you from gaining access to your court. 
O my Lord, when I remember death and the grave and the reckoning, how can I take joy in this world? Therefore, since I acknowledge you to be one, I beseech you to give me peace in the hour of death without torment and pleasure in the hour of reckoning without punishment. Allah Ta'ala give it to all of us. Ameen. Allah Ta'ala give reward to the people who even taught us these beautiful du'as and these beautiful words and thoughts. Abu Muhammad Ja'far bin Sa- Muhammad al-Sadiq. So this is Abu Muhammad Ja'far al-Sadiq, uh, the son of Muhammad al-Baqir. He is celebrated amongst the Sufi sheikhs for the subtlety of his discourse and his acquaintance with spiritual truths. And he has written famous books in explanation of Sufism. Uh, he's also, his name comes in the Silsila Aliyah of the Tariqa Naqshbandiya. It is related that he said, whoever knows God turns his back on all else. The Arif, the one who knows God, turns his back on other than God and is cut off from worldly things because his knowledge is pure, uh, 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 pure nascence, meaning what? Uh, 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 pure uh, 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 nakara, negation of other than him, other than him, Jalla wa'ala, inasmuch as nascence forms part of his knowledge. Knowledge forms part of his nascence. Therefore, the Gnostic is separated from, yani the Arif Billah is separated from mankind and from uh, thought of them and he is joined to God. Quote unquote, other has no place to exist in his heart that he should pay any heed to them and their existence has no worth for him that he should fix the remembrance of them in his mind. And it is related that he said, there is no right service without repentance because God has put repentance before service. And has said, those who repent and serve. Quran Surah 9, uh, 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 Ayah 113. Repentance or Tawbah is the first of the stations in the path and service Ibadah is the last. When Allah mentioned the disobedient, He called them to repentance and said, Tubu ilallahi jami'a, repent to Allah Ta'ala altogether. But when He mentioned the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He referred to His ubudiyah or servantship and He said, He revealed to His servant that which He revealed. Fa'oha ila abdihi ma oha. I have read in the anecdotes that Dawood al-Ta'i, who is also another great uh, sheikh of the tariqah, and his name comes and appears in the silsila of the, the Qadiris, that I've read in the anecdotes that the sheikh Dawood al-Ta'i came to Ja'far al-Sadiq, rahimahumullah tabarak wa ta'ala, and said, O son of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, counsel me for my mind is darkened. O son of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, counsel me for my mind is darkened. Ja'far radiallahu anhu wa rahimahullah ta'ala replied, O Abu Sulaiman, you are the Zahid and the ascetic of our time. What need do you have for counsel from me? He answered, O son of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, your family are superior to all mankind and it is incumbent on you to give counsel to all, to give nasiha to all. O Abu Sulaiman said Ja'far, I am afraid that at the resurrection my grandsire will lay hold on me saying, Why did you not fulfill the obligation to follow in my steps? This is not a matter that depends on authentic and sure affinity to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, meaning it doesn't matter on your, uh, on your lineage, but on good conduct in the presence of the truth, meaning Allah ta'ala al-haq jalla wa'ala. Dawud al-Ta'i began to weep and exclaimed, O oh my Lord God, if one whose clay is molded from the water of prophecy, ala sahibah salatu salam and whose grandfather is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and his mother is Fatima the virgin, uh, uh, Batul, if someone, uh, uh, such a one is distracted by doubts, uh, who am I that I should be pleased with my dealings toward you?
One day Ja'far said to one of his freed slaves, Come, let us take a pledge that whoever amongst us shall gain deliverance on the day of judgment will intercede for all the rest. His freed slave said, O son of the Messenger of Allah wasallam, how can you have need for our intercession since your grandfather will intercede for all of mankind? Sayyidina Ja'far rahimahullah ta'ala replied, My actions are such that I shall be ashamed to look at my grandfather in the face in the last day. To see one's fault is a quality of perfection and is characteristic of those who are established in the Divine Presence, whether they be prophets, saints, or apostles. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, When God wishes a man well, he gives him insight to his own faults. Whoever bows his head with humility like a servant, God will exalt him in both worlds. Uh, if this is the state of Sayyidina Ja'far al-Sadiq, then you see in him also a model for the people who are from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And if uh, you see in the other mashayikh a, a, a model uh, like Dawood al-Ta'i, you see what the, 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 the model is for addressing and for dealing and talking to and loving and revering the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Dawood al-Ta'i, despite being, uh, 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 being Ta'i from, from the noblemen of the Arabs, uh, despite from being the low, noble lineages of the Arabs, you see the humility with which he uh, spoke to uh, uh, Sayyidina Ja'far al-Sadiq and referred to him as the grandson of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And how beholden they were that that, that this person's uh, great-grandfather and his ancestor will one day be the Shafi' al-Umam. He will be the 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 the, the intercessor, intercessor, not just for this Ummah, but for all of the nations of the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from their adab, Allah Ta'ala give us from, from, from their, their, their qualities and from their merits. You see, Ja'far al-Sadiq ta'ala is a great grandson from his father's side of, uh, uh, of, uh, Sayyidina Ali and Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, uh, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And from his mother's side, his mother is, uh, uh, the daughter of Al-Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. So he is at the same time, um, called the Majma' al-Bahrain, the meeting of the two oceans that in him meets the lineage of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and, uh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Uh, and, and he, his, 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 his his uh, high station amongst the people of Islam and from amongst the people of the tariqah is universally recognized. But then again, see how, how much uh, humility he has. And Allah Ta'ala, if he wishes well for him, he makes that person beholden to his own faults. Uh, that, that, that sheikh was so beholden to his own faults that despite having uh, uh, next to nothing, faults that are imperceivable by sinners like ourselves, uh, how preoccupied he was with his own faults. It's a, it's a sign, the sheikh was saying, is, is a sign of the perfection of his maqam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from what he gave them and Allah Ta'ala give us because of their love uh, another chance to make repentance and to walk the path of righteousness before we leave from this world. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, you know, give us their intercession on the day of judgment and give us the intercession of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa on the day of judgment despite the fact that we have abandoned our responsibility toward him and toward his deen and toward his ummah uh, and toward our own souls. Allah ta'ala forgive us and 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 give us another chance. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.